just so proud of a man. I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. Today, I have Legal Man. Legal Man is your favorite attorney because he cannot tell a lie. And if you want to know what to do, you just ask Legal Man. But first, RyanBunting.com for all of your graphic design needs. That's RyanBunting.com. Ryan Bunting is a great libertarian and anarcho-capitalist, and he's also a great graphic designer. He designed my podcast logo and Pete Quinones podcast logo for Free Man Beyond the Wall. So, go support your local libertarian or RyanBunting.com. As always, thank you, Tom Burton. And I'd like to thank all of you for the support. And if you're looking for a way that you can contribute to the show and get more out of life, go to the affiliate links for Richard Grove's autonomy course in the description. Enjoy the show. I am here with Legal Man. What can we do, Legal Man? <laughs> exactly. I've been wanting to say that for a week. <laughs> How are you doing? People, people seem to enjoy that. Uh, it's like almost like oh, it's almost like a hook line now. <laughs> I get it all the time on Twitter. What can we do? Yeah, it's uh, it, it just makes me think of a comic book. I just expect you to jump in wearing like this <laughs> tight, like Superman-like uniform. All right. Yeah, so. Uh, so how are you doing today? Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's uh, it's actually pretty nice weather here, and uh, so beyond the the usual noose tightening that they continue to do, <laughs> everything's pretty much okay. Right. Well, you're in Texas as well, right? Yeah, I'm in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I spend most of my time in Texas. I live, uh, I live down in in the Gulf Coast. Oh, okay. Yeah. So hot and humid and hurricanes. Yeah, I was in Houston for years, and uh, I have a friend who's got a place that's pretty really close to the Gulf, just south of Houston, and uh, been down there too. It's boy, it's. Yeah. Know. I'm east. <laughs> if I'm you're a east. fisherman, it's great. Yeah. You know, if you're a fisherman, <laughs> yeah. it's great for fishing. I don't really care about fishing. He likes to fish. Um, it's just not my bag. I didn't grow up hunting and fishing. And so I think if you don't grow up hunting and fishing, it's 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 unusual to take the stuff up later. So mm. yeah. I, I I love fishing. I don't do enough of it. I have a stocked pond and on the back of my property and I don't, I don't fish as much as I would like to, but <laughs> I know the food is there if I need it. There you go. So that's always helpful. But, uh, yeah, I live East of, uh, East of Houston on the other side of Beaumont near, near okay. the Louisiana border. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So we, we get it pretty nasty down there in the swamp. Yeah. So humid. Hmm. But hey, I've been enjoying your your latest podcast where you've been going uh, really hard after the constitutional conservatives on gun control and on the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. And I've really been enjoying that. I thought that would be a really cool uh, launching off point to, to chat, chat about because 
you know, I, I see like exactly the same things you're saying, but I'm also seeing it. And I, I, I obviously you probably are too, but I'm seeing it coming from the conservative citizens when they're, mm-hmm. when they're backing the cops and the cops are shooting Philando Castillo who has a concealed carry license and they still shoot him and the conservatives come out and defend him on things like that. And it's no wonder that so many people label conservatives as racist, but I think they would defend them. Even if it were white people, they were shooting. I mean, look at Daniel Shaver. They didn't have a word to say about that. For sure. I, I don't, you know, I, in the area I live in Texas and Texas itself has a lot of conservatives, obviously kind of being a quote professional. A lot of the people I interact with are quote conservatives. Um, but I don't find there's a lot of, at least there's not a lot of racism expressed. I don't think there's that many racists. I mean, I think racism is about evenly split amongst the races, as many white races as there are black races or Hispanic or Asian or anything else. It's, it's something you're never going to stamp out. But, you know, I think these conservatives, I think their loyalty to law enforcement and that kind of insanity, this military back the blue God and country insanity that they've been brought up with. I just think it runs way, way deeper than the, the very small number of really hardcore races who would like back the cops because they shot a black dude, but not back the cops because they shot a white dude. I just think that that's a very unrealistic sort of image that that the media probably tries to portray or push in certain ways. I think I think you're right. I think that on whole, that the loyalty to the police and this concept of law and order, which they don't even know what that means, is just so deeply embedded in people who fancy themselves conservatives who become identified with the conservative philosophy and you know, wear MAGA hats and and put bedazzling jewels from Michael's MJ designs all over their crap and run around pushing this idea that they're conservatives. They love law enforcement. Yeah, and it's it. it I, I come from more of a conservative background. Um, I was pretty apolitical, but I, I enjoyed Glenn Beck. And so he's he's more conservative than he is libertarian, even though for a long time he did try to call himself a libertarian. But I. I caught myself one time, um, you know, in this in this predicament where I wanted to defend the police, but I didn't like what they did. And I was like, well, I can't defend that, you know, and it it it's so. It, it's such a weird like situation to be put in because I'm looking at like, I've heard a lot of people bring stuff like this up, but I mean, you look at like the people, you know, that are, are police officers and you're like, well, that's not how they act. That's not who they are in everyday life. But then you, you catch these videos of the abuses and the way the cops act. It's this cognitive dissonance that conservatives have the way that they're able to hold on to that, that trust in the police, it, it's, it can be mind blowing at times. Yeah. You know, the police is really such a, it's just such a, it sets people off that issue. It really does. It's, 
And policing is complicated because government has put itself in this position of supposedly being there to protect us, even though the the courts have made it clear that the police are not there to protect us. And I've made that clear to people too. It's very, the law is clear. They don't have any obligation to protect you personally, but I think the big problem with police is that they have intermingled this concept of police being there for everything. And I think if the government's going to be involved in policing, they should only be policing things that are actual crimes. There need to be actual victims, not just the state complaining that you've made a violation. The problem is the vast majority of so-called policing is just the state running around enforcing crap the state doesn't like. Drugs and gun laws and stupid traffic violations that don't do anything. And that's the bulk of it. If you called the cops like people call firemen, and police actually came because somebody was actually in a situation that needed police. <laughs> I think I would probably have a very different view of police. And you need, at minimum, you need two different kinds of police. You need police who come when there's actual crimes going on, where there are actual victims. And you need police that have totally different uniforms, totally different cars, totally different everything that run around and enforce these bullshit policies that the government just dreams up. They have them enforcing stupid things like the mask and these business closings. There are no victims in those cases. You have absolutely zero risk if you're not out at that store if that store is open, don't go to the damn store if you're afraid of catching something. Don't go in a store if they don't require a mask. But because they intermingle it all, where they act as though there's all these murders and rapes and robberies going on, the statistics just don't bear that out. That's all. They just don't bear it out. And I tell people all the time, if you look at the real statistics, and I've looked at them in New York City, which is certainly going to be one of the most violent uh, cities in the United States as far as guns being drawn and everything else. I'm sure they got it for D.C. police. Most cops go their whole entire career. They never discharge their weapon. <laughs> they never discharge a weapon. Tons of cops go their entire career. They never even draw their service revolver or weapon in any way. And so people have a very distorted view of what the police do. Every single time I talk to people, it's about, well, you good luck. What happens? You next time you need a cop, blah, blah. All this bullshit they give me. Well, the state, first of all, it won't allow me to have a private option. It doesn't allow it. Private security are not police. They can't do anything close to what police can do. And so I'm not allowed a private option. And then they want to say, well, you don't like police. Well, what happens if we just get rid of them? Well, let's get rid of them and let me have private security and I'll be perfectly content because for what I'm paying for private for these police, I get way better private security. And under the insane restrictions they've dreamed up with the court, again, all the stuff is totally made up. The, the government itself is extremely hamstrung and even solving crimes because they have all this, quote, due process, these made up rules they have to apply to people. Look, if you're in a real situation where you actually need what you what people imagine police do, which is protection from some kind of violent crime or somebody about to try to take your property, which ultimately is a violent crime anyway, because you're not consenting. So they're, they're, there's implied force there. That's why they're taking it. If you need that, the last thing you need is somebody hamstrung by a bunch of bullshit made up rules from a court. You want somebody who comes to your aid, who's your, who you're paying personally, who has a contractual obligation, a duty to you to come there 
and protect you and not have to worry about whether they racially profiled or some other made up shit. You call them, they come, they solve your problem and they take the risk of whether or not they did it right or wrong. And this is the problem with all these policing issues is that they created this incredibly complicated bundle of problems. They've shoved it all into what they call policing. And then they want to act as though the only solution is either we have no police and no protection, or you have this insane system they've applied to us. And whenever I speak to people about police, and I show them all these different issues that are actually in there, they're intertwined. The reality is that most of us actually agree on a lot of these issues. There's really very little disagreement about the fundamentals. The problem is that the situation has been teed up in a narrative that puts everybody in a box that completely sucks. And, and that problem. Right. Yeah. And, and as you were saying, if, if they were to only defend property and life, that would be a completely different thing. And they would actually be falling under the scope of what they are constitutionally authorized to do, which is another thing. Yes, the conservatives don't look at they don't look at, well, where do they get the authority from the Constitution to enforce these laws? Where 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 do the politicians get the authority to pass these laws? Yeah, well, in constitutional conservatives missed the boat on virtually everything. Uh, they, they they don't have an answer for how it's possible that we have a voluntary union after 1860. And so it doesn't really ultimately matter what's in the Constitution. We can't be operating under it because we're not operating under a voluntary agreement. It's, right. it's just that simple. But I agree that one of the most fundamental things you have to have is you have to get rid of this concept of the single police force. You absolutely have to go at a minimum to a police force that deals with things where people are actually called to the scene. You have to be called to the scene. The old joke about everybody loves to see firemen, of course, because you call firemen. They don't just show up and, and take an ax to your house and say, oh, we, we thought maybe you were having a problem in your kitchen. We thought there was a fire going on. Sorry about your door and all the busted up furniture. That doesn't happen. You call the firemen and they come. If you called the police and they came again, there'd be so many fewer problems with them. The problem is they inject themselves into everybody's life under this guise of law and order. And nobody ever looks at the fact that there's a whole big difference between the kind of laws that actually protect people and the laws the state simply dreams up where there is no actual victim. It's, mm-hmm. it's impossible to call something that doesn't have a victim a crime. It is nonsensical. And as soon as you go down that road of calling acts, conduct that don't have actual victims who are complaining crimes, you are in a never, never land where they can simply make wearing a purple shirt, having your hair too long, whatever they want, a crime. You have to have a victim and it can't be the state. (laughs) That's it. Right. Yeah. And I got into it with a, uh, a conservative a few weeks ago on Twitter, because that's what you do on Twitter is you get into <laughs> it with conservatives. And uh, he was, he was going, well, what is your option? What, what are you going to replace the police with? <laughs> you know, what, what do you, and I'm like, look, dude, a private, private firms, you know, competing private firms. Well, no, no, no. Get specific. 
but are, are they going to be these pink haired feminazis? And I was like, dude, the police are arresting people for opening their business and watching these purple haired wildebeest burn down small businesses. Those pink haired feminazis are already running the show, dude. You've missed right. the boat on that. And, you know, the thing about that guy, uh, what what he's imagining is, again, this concept of that you have to have an ability to protect yourself. Nobody is calling the police to the scene to to do things where there aren't victims. If you want to have a neighborhood where people are selling drugs, then they're welcome to sell drugs. If you have if your neighborhood has a problem because the people who are selling drugs are causing other problems in the neighborhood where people have actual complaints, that's fine. But the vast majority of all this so-called policing and all this nonsense that's going on is because of drug laws, gun laws, which are in effect, they, they turn them into these so-called gangs, uh, gambling, all these different things that come with all the illegal so-called drugs and traffic violations. That is the vast majority of police interaction with the public. And so he's concerned about some private interaction. He's never going to have a private interaction with the, the private police unless he's out there committing a crime or a potential crime where there's an actual victim. He's right. imagining the police we have, right. which is this all of a sudden the police show up and they're intervening in your system and you have nothing. You're not even doing anything. And now you're stuck having to deal with the police. Well, that doesn't occur if the police are only involved in real crimes with actual victims. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so you, you, we're in this weird, weird situation here where, where you're basically looking at conservatives defending the, the violent thugs of, of the, of the, uh, progressive left you know and it's really crazy because right. it's like well and they're like well they're just doing their job and i'm like man we've heard this defense there's there's precedent this <laughs> defense does not work like like we can we get rid of this already you know and it all of that stuff ultimately goes back to the delusion of voting and the power of voting and this idea that we're in charge and all this nonsense that i've gone over again and again with people because it's utterly impossible to stand up and defend the government for overreaching with their police force and then claim that you're on the side of the citizenry. You, it doesn't work because there is no situation in history where governments get smaller. They never get smaller over time. They never become less oppressive over time. There is no example of this. And so our government is following the exact same path that every single government follows. So if you support the violent arm of the government that enforces the tyranny, then you don't have a way around it because the situation we have now is that the government has outlawed doing anything to try to get rid of the government except for voting. But voting doesn't work. If I hold a minority position, what good is voting? 
Right. It's impossible that my minority position can ever carry the day. So as soon as they step on my rights, which they do all the time, my voting means nothing. And the solution is supposed to be that I go to the same government who's violating my rights to have another member of that government tell me that the government's not allowed to violate my rights. Well, it doesn't work. And that's precisely why every single government in the history of the world always grows, always becomes more oppressive. There's no way around it because the system is set up like that. You cannot have a single entity sitting in judgment of its own actions and expect that over time that that entity is going to contract its its basis area that it can operate in. It's going to grow. That's just always the way it is yeah well how do how do you feel how do you think people should attempt to experience more freedom in their own lives in in a situation like this yeah it's really a tough one to me i i mean you know as a practical matter one of the reasons that it's so difficult to wake people is that because most people don't care to operate on the true fringes of freedom, they don't see how little freedom they actually have because most people are perfectly content to kind of do what is acceptable. They don't push the limits. And so that's why they just contract them over time. And everybody has a different idea of what freedom is. And for me, as, as a practical day-to-day deal, my life is really not very restricted. But in fact, my life wouldn't really be very much more restricted if I lived in the old Soviet Union, because I'm really actually pretty much perfectly content to kind of go to work, see my buddies, talk on the phone, have dinner or something like that, and go home. And and then I like to work out, okay, well, pretty much every country in the world, even the most oppressive regime allows that. And that they do allow that. And so that's why it's so difficult to see for most people how little freedom we have, because what people do is they identify consumer choice with freedom. And it's not the same thing. But because most people care to live their lives in this very ordinary fashion, it's easy over time to restrict it. And the things that I would say about freedom would be, well, do you have a freedom to use something besides United States currency? No, you don't. People say there's Bitcoin and all this crap. That's not true. Ultimately, you must buy dollars in order to pay your taxes and to engage in all sorts of things with the government. You must buy dollars. And just something as simple as that, that you must pay taxes, that you must get permission to open business, that you must get a license from the government to operate any kind of a professional service. Those are things that people are so used to. They're so habituated to the lack of freedom that they don't really see it because they don't care. Like, oh, yeah, you have a driver's license. Oh, so you think people shouldn't have a driver? I'm just I'm just telling you, there's an example. They could now make it so that you have to get a vaccination in order to update your driver's license. That's the problem with a driver's license right there is that they can add any kind of restriction they want. My license to practice law is the same thing. They can add things whenever they want to these. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me having a CDL, it's the same way. I mean, I could turn around 
I got, I'm supposed to renew it this year. I could turn around in August when I go to renew it and find out that I have to have a vaccine passport now, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's why trying to have additional freedom for most people. Well, for the most part, what they're doing, they kind of, they're perfectly happy to do, but it's much easier to say, look at what the situation is now and compare it to a hundred years ago, compare it to 150 years ago. You didn't need a license to go fish. You can't just go fish. Okay. Your boat has to have all these different requirements on it. Every single thing in that chain uh, of purchase is massively regulated. You have to have all these OSHA regulations in order to hire somebody. You have all these uh, uh, employment obligations in order to hire them. You have all these subject, you're subject to all these different lawsuits, all these different requirements. There's a million things today that are required that are built into the system that people don't see. And so this concept is it's death by a thousand cuts. They never move the system so fast that it's noticeable. The only time we've even had such a thing occur in my lifetime, and I'm almost 60, is this last year where they closed businesses, put masks on everybody and said, this is the new normal. Well, then a lot of people kind of woke up to hold it. Whoa, this isn't freedom. What's going on? (laughs) And they are oblivious to all the other stuff that's not freedom either. But because it's just boiling the frog so slowly, they don't see it. Yeah. And I guess that is the one silver lining of the last year that it did alert enough people. It, It kind of shook them out of their slumber to where they're at least willing to entertain uh, the other ideas about the freedoms that have been lost over the years. I agree. There's uh, there's definitely in some people who have kind of woken up to the concept that, whoa, hold on. If the government can do this, what could it not do? That it can right. do all sorts of other stuff. And again, it's very difficult to, to sort of open people's eyes to these these, these things that are very subtle, like now in order to go back to the school in most of these places, you got to have a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now they're making it required at school. Well, in order to get most jobs, in order to get, to get most licenses, you need a certain amount of schooling. Okay. So there, if you're not willing to do that, then again, you'll, you won't be able to, to, to get the next step. If, if you don't go down that, if you don't check that government box and you can't check the next government box, which, and so all these things, they add up. And there's a huge pile of them already sitting on our heads right now. And in 10 years, it's going to be much more. In five years, it'll be more. In 20 years, it's always growing. They never, ever, ever come in and sweep away requirements and then allow more freedom. That never happens. And because that boiling of the frog is so slow, it's so difficult to get through to people. So much of the focus of my podcast is to point out abuses of power and how bad things have gotten and the direction in which we're heading as a society. And it can be a real black pill. I've partnered up with Richard Grove to offer my listeners an opportunity to sign up to his autonomy course. Uh, The autonomy course is designed for people looking for solutions, people that want to shape their own future, people that are not willing to be at the behest of large corporations or the United States government or the banking system. The autonomy course is designed for those of you who wish to 
have complete control of the reins of your life, who are looking to be successful, that to thrive and not just survive, to provide for your family by utilizing your existing skills and learning how to market and sell those skills in order to be your own boss or learn new skills in order to leverage that into a new career opportunity. So if there's a job out there you've been trying to get or you've been wishing you could get, but you just don't have the skills for it, the autonomy course is the place for you to start to learn how to land that position, to learn how to market yourself better, to gain confidence, and to be surrounded by a community of like-minded people that will encourage you and help you along the way. So use my affiliate links and go check out the autonomy course. It could be right for you. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And then the, the, um, the corporate structure. So being so intermingled with the government and you can see how the corporations are gaining the benefit of all these government policies at the expense of everybody else. And you're like, do you, are, are you not, do you, can you not recognize this? Can you not see what's going on here? Right. Well, you know, people don't seem to understand that the only reason there is such a thing as a quote corporation or quote multinational corporations because they're governments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are a creature of government. They don't exist independently. They only exist because there is a government and the entire concept behind a corporation. They started out as something called a society anonymous in, uh, in France and in, uh, in the Netherlands. And because the idea is that these people could from behind the scenes anonymously operate these businesses where you really wouldn't understand who the principal was. And the world would be very different if all these places didn't exist as corporations, you had to actually deal with these people individually. And they had to deal with you individually with liability. See, the corporation can't go to jail. Corporation can't do anything. The corporations does whatever its assets are, they can all be drained out. The individuals don't run any real risk. Right. And on top of that, these corporations, people think that it's corporations versus government. That's not true. That's another illusion. It's the corporations love government. It's just the small corporations get crushed, but the big ones get nothing but advantages. And this country's governmental history is nothing but a long history of benefiting these selected governments and these selected corporations. Right. Things like DuPont and stuff, they get these military contracts from a couple hundred years ago, and they become fantastically rich based right. upon providing ammunition and arms and railroads or whatever it is they want to do. They gave out the land to all their buddies in the railroad deals. These are all insider deals and everybody can see the same thing today in all this PPE and all this different crap. A good example I try to give people is things like uh, when Coca-Cola came out and made some kind of stupid woke comment and everyone's like, oh, look, I'll boycott Coke. Now, that's, not that it's going to last. That shit will all go away. But for a while, people may not drink as much Coke and they think that will impact this corporation. But they don't understand the scale of the government spending that goes on. I went and looked up Coke and I looked up like their total profits for the entire year. And, you know, it was I think it was a couple hundred billion or a hundred billion dollars or something in profits. That, that may not be that much. It certainly wasn't more than that. Right. And that's an international uh, sale. So the amount of damage you're going to do because that's profit. They have to actually produce the product, ship it to you, sell it to you. They make some minor amount at the end of the day. Well, how easy is that 
to be made up by the government, just like people are saying with these airlines. In order for the airline to make money, it's a historically, it's a very low profit business. In fact, Warren Buffett, I think he got out of them because he realizes these things go bust. Uh, there's no real money in it. These fuel costs and all this other crap. You had all these damn planes you got to fly around, all these safety considerations. So in order to try to make some money off it, you got to sell an incredible amount of your service or product. But when the government steps in and hands billions of dollars to these corporations, which they have been doing endlessly and have done even more so to put them on board with this whole vaccination corona nonsense, the, the corporation doesn't have to do anything. If the government hands you a billion dollars, how many sales did you have to make in order to make a billion dollars that drops to your bottom line? You probably had to sell $75 billion or more in Coke products in order to drop a, a billion dollars mm -hmm. into your bottom line. Well, right. anyone who thinks these ridiculous kinds of, uh, oh, I'm not going to buy Coke is going to make a dent compared to what the federal government's able to do to make up for that. They're kidding themselves. And because people don't see the way these things all work together, like the airlines are going to require you wear a mask. <laughs> You're sitting jam-packed in this stupid tube wearing a mask. It's, it's beyond idiotic. But the airlines can do it and they can survive because they're just one long set of governmental monopolies with the airports that are restricted. You can only have so many and you only have so many gates and you have to go through the FAA and you have all these things and the planes and, and the pilots and the licensing and a billion different things that they have to comply with. Well, if the government will step in and hand you $5 billion, then you don't even have to fly your planes around. And you right. get $5 billion dropped right. into your bottom line. That's the power that the federal government has to buy all these corporations off and to get them on board. And then they have the temerity to tell me that these are private businesses that are setting these requirements up. How damn stupid do you think I am, dude? I mean, come <laughs> on. These are not private businesses. These are businesses being paid off with federal money. And it's all totally 100% unconstitutional criminal behavior on behalf of the government. And both sides of the aisle are all in. That's just the reality. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, I saw last year, I think it was in June of last year, a study came out. Uh, somebody had been investigating where, um, how big tech was benefiting from government uh, contracts and Microsoft and Google received over 1600 department of defense contracts. <laughs> well, they build the cloud. They do all this miscellaneous crap, tons of it's DOD work. Mm -hmm. Unless you're going to be a, I mean, unless you are literally for a living looking through these gigantic budgets that are trillions and trillions of dollars, trying to dig in and finding out what the hell's in there. Nobody knows what's in these damn things. And this doesn't include all the dark agency money that they have. That's completely off the books. Nobody knows what's going on, but these contracts, it's impossible to explain to people how distorted the market is because of the federal government spending. Mm -hmm. It's just such a huge consumer purchaser in every form and fashion. All these people who run around acting like they're in private business when they actually do government contracts. Are you a private business? If you're at the bulk of your business is, is 
working for the government with right. private government contracts? Is yeah. that a private business? No, no that's not. That's bullshit. Yeah. To me, that's not a private business. But people claim that's a private business because they do government contracting. Okay, well, it's just a two-step to get out of all these things and to act as though the government's not doing it. But it's the, the way they work together is the government finances these gigantic chosen corporations in a million different ways. And then they stand aside and the stupid constitutional conservatives come in and say, well, it's private business. Go to have private business. It's, it's moronic because if you get government contracts, government grants, government, any kind of government set asides, any kind of government tax deductions and breaks, you're not a private business. Mm-hmm. You're not a private business. And what the hell, how many private businesses are even operating in this country if you start using that as the metric? Right. <laughs> There's virtually none. They're all beholden to this government largesse, or if they step out of line, getting smashed by their government with some additional new tax, which is just a flip side of giving money out. Right. <laughs> if the government gives you a tax break, It's no different than them handing you money and they do it all the time. And so, again, you have to look into what businesses are getting these this sort of preferred tax status. Those, too, are also not private businesses. They, too, are also beholden to government. And when you start sorting all this stuff out and you start sorting out all the different people who make salaries off it, work for government, depending on all these kinds of businesses, The government has purchased the entire damn market. And the only people who don't get it are people like me who have a small private practice where I just get crushed by government. And the goal is to get rid of people like me or my friends who are in private practice as physicians. Those people get crushed by government. And then the constitutional conservatives get on there and talk about private business and act like it's private business. It's not private business. Right. Yeah. I got into it with a libertarian, actually, not even a conservative, about about Facebook and Twitter being private companies. And I'm like, dude, they're not private companies. The CIA has an entire division called Incutel dedicated to to utilizing social media to spy on its citizens. And he goes and he goes, well, the government has a right to buy buy products and services, too. I was like, oh, my (laughs) God, dude. Like, really, that's that's what we're going to go with. We're not going to talk about how they're utilizing your social media in order to spy on you. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about Google being a DARPA program, are we either? So, well, the thing about it is that, you know, like an example is just simple, as simple as Facebook. You know, Mm -hmm. it was a CIA project. LifeLog. They ran the thing for years. They tested. They got all the software up and moving. And on the day that they they closed that program down. Facebook was founded and it was, he was just handed the lifelong program. He, and it's this, this entire story in the movie and all, it's just all bullshit. They, they just feed us bullshit. And the idea that the government has the authority to operate something where they could run software and learn how to track people. These are all insane ideas. These, these are not okay. The fact that it goes on is another great example of this sort of creeping lack of freedom. Mm-hmm. People just accept the security state uh, there where the government is just is basically surveilling you at all times in every kind of way. And they just accept it. And they're OK with it. Why? Because most people, like I've said, they aren't doing anything 
that actually gets them involved with the government. But they don't see that this is just a stepping stone to closing it down, to social credits, to driving you in whatever direction the government cares to. And the system we're already in is already so unbelievably oppressive that if they ever get digital currency or this insane Vax ID system going, it's over. Whatever they want, they can simply say, oh, legal man, he did X, Y, and Z. He's been taken into custody. How the hell are you going to fight that? How are you going to know? All the information comes out of government. There's no way to find anything out. They can just make anything they want up, put it on your computer, claim they found it on your computer, and now you're screwed. Now you have to go to a government judge. You have no chance. You can't fight an entity this big. That's why it has to be dismantled because you can never have a situation where any entity is this huge because no individuals can fight an entity this big. It's totally impossible. Right. Well, and that's why I'm a, you know, I advocate Texit and I'm like, okay, well, the only people I've ever heard of, you know, even trying to fight back is the Texas nationalist movement. And I heard you, uh, I don't, I don't know if it was, I think you were on someone's show and you had said that you didn't buy into to the entire Texas ordeal. Do you think it's been infiltrated um, by by political operatives? Is is that oh, what, what your concern yeah. is? <laughs> I mean, I love the idea of secession. It's never going to happen. Look at our governor. Come on. That guy is an insider beyond belief. <laughs> it's ridiculous. On the, on the press conference where he announced the mask mandates were being ended, he put his mask on before the when this press conference was ending and rolled out. I mean, yeah. he, he's, a, he's a faker from way back and he's got a terrible history, but with regards to Texas, this idea that Texas is going to secede, I, I think it's just a load of crap. As far as being infiltrated, every single movement is instantaneously infiltrated. You, you can't get two or three people together and not have it infiltrated. They are monitoring it. They are watching at all times. I, I think I gave the example of those people up in Michigan who I when they whatever that governor's name and last fall with Whitmer. Yeah. 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 She's a psycho. She looks like a, she looks like a robot. You look in her eyes. There's nothing there. She looks like an MK ultra victim. She's there's something very wrong with that woman, but that, that the big stink about the supposed, uh, you know, attempt to, to overthrow the Michigan governors. It's, just, it's not an idiotic. They, they arrested they were those all guys. FBI informants. And there were seven operating inside, seven (laughs) different informants operating inside this little group of dudes who basically met in some basements periodically, probably just smoked weed, drank beer and kind of talked some shit. Yeah, they went out and did a few things. They could never even make a single bomb that worked. And then they and then they busted them when they needed to. They cracked down on them. And I did on my Twitter months and months ago when it cracked when it came out. I posted what was the arrest affidavit, which is the statement that the state uses to justify the arrest. And there's nothing in that that indicates why they were had to move on them right then. It was obviously right. politically motivated. All the stuff that occurred in the spring, they hadn't moved on them. There wasn't jack shit in there. But those guys are going to prison the rest of their lives. They're going to be made for sure. Those people are they, they make a point when they do things like that. They're they're telling everybody if you attempt in any way to try to resist this government through anything except for their faked up election system, they will come and arrest you. And and that's why I tell people all the time, you're never going to get me to step outside those lines because I know for a fact something like Texit and all the secession movement, they are so fully infiltrated into that thing. I wouldn't be surprised if the whole damn thing's being run by them, let alone there's the 
secondhand guy or the, 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 the legal counsel, all those people, they're, they're all being monitored if they're not fully paid off, if they're not fully corrupted with God knows what they're doing with drugs or cheating on their wife or whatever they're doing, they've got them. And anytime they need to, they go over there, they push on, they lean on those people and whatever needs to happen happens. And anybody who doesn't understand that's the way the system works is just unbelievably naive. That's all. They're just fantastically naive. This system has been used forever, forever. (laughs) <laughs> it's I laugh about it because there's so many great lines in that movie, Braveheart. I love it. Not, you know, the violence was interesting and everything else, but they have so many great lines. People can learn about it when they first learn about the so-called rebellion. And that leprosy dude is all kind of hiding behind his uh, his torn up face and stuff. And he tells his uh, son, he says, here's what we'll do. We'll support the rebellion from our lands in the north. No, from our lands in the south. And we'll oppose it from our lands in the north. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. what they do. They are. It is anyone who thinks people of means and power are on your side. They're delusional. They're delusional. They're not on your side. They have another agenda. If you don't know what the agenda is, it's because you haven't you haven't been able to figure it out. But it's there. If you if you don't understand who the sucker is at the table, you're the sucker. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I I figured that was the angle you were you were going for that you had thought they had been infiltrated or being or or it was a psyop or whatever, and I kind of had uh, similar similar opinions or at least thoughts on the matter because you haven't seen any mainstream news pick up on it and push back against it, right. and I was like, hmm, as much. You know, they had a poll down in Corpus Christi, and it was something like 64% of the people in Corpus Christi thought Texas should secede. And I'm like, if if a poll like that isn't gaining any mainstream pushback, there's something there to be looked at. Sure. Well, I think there's probably a lot of people in Texas who actually would support it. I mm-hmm. mean, this is always the problem that the the dichotomy between what the people actually want and what the people are ever going to get and what the people are ever going to have as so-called movements and leaders in movements, they, they just aren't the same thing. I mean, how many people have to understand about how, how the FBI controlled Martin Luther King? Uh, how, many, how many people have to honor every single person I ever investigate like that who isn't simply killed early right. is some in some way they are fully compromised, controlled, or the FBI government has people right next to them at all times. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason I give for people like, look, do people really think that the secret service is there to protect the president? (laughs) I think a lot of people actually believe that. And I suspect a ton of people who are secret service agents actually believe it. The Mm. secret service is clearly there so that the president knows there are people right next to him at all times with guns. (laughs) They're there to make sure he stays in line. They aren't there to protect him. Of course, they protect him from so-called madmen and all this other crazy stuff. But ultimately, the reason is the same reason that JFK learned the hard way. They're there to make sure that when they need to, they change your route and they run you down the street that is going to be a problem. And their guys are waiting for you. That's it. 
Yeah. And then they have, they're fully set up to have a commission, a report, and everything come out to clear them. And I don't understand why people have such a difficult time imagining that rich, powerful people will do anything in order to stay and grow in their power. That's right. just the way the world operates. And so many people project their own good intentions because they would never simply just kill somebody or take their shit or put somebody out on the street or bankrupt them. They imagine that nobody would do that or that right. their favorite guy wouldn't do that because he smiles and he has a nice hairdo and he runs around, he kisses babies and everything else. But that's the way it is. And how you'd think with all the hot mics, they catch people, all the different stuff that gets filmed. You'd think people would catch on by now, but they just don't catch on because they all know somebody who's a true believer, a red, white, and blue flag waving kind of person who actually does have very good intentions, but they don't understand that that doesn't matter because the only people that matter are the people who give the orders and those people are easy to reach. And as soon as you reach them, that's it. You're given orders and you follow them or you yourself get taken out. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 you reminded me of this article I read um, a while back written by uh, a guy, Parag Khanna. And he's um, he's popular in the World Economic Forum crowd. He speaks in front of them and um, they all read his books and his writings. So, and I stumbled across him and he had written an article about how they, how they could potentially use decentralized movements like Texit or like Brexit in order to continue building their power across the globe. And, and he's all he's all, his whole point is if the citizens want to decentralize, we'll let them decentralize and all we have to do is is get in bed with the politic politicians there locally with them, you know. So it's not like they haven't, you know, considered the fact that there may be these movements. Just because there's a decentralization movement, and it, if it does work out, if it if it actually is successful, doesn't mean you've won the fight. I mean, they they have they've already thought of these scenarios where they're going to keep fighting for their power, for their wealth, for their influence. There is no winning the fight unless people understand what the actual problem is. There's no way to win if you can't even actually identify the problem. And the problem is government. This concept that there can be an entity that's immune and has these people who make all these decisions for everybody in all these different crazy ways over millions of people, that can never work. See, right. that can never work. And so every concept that doesn't have that is a loser. That's what I tell people all the time. If people understood the actual problem, that government is a criminal enterprise. Government is a criminal enterprise. That's not something I say flippantly. That is a fact. It is a criminal enterprise. They bring men with guns to enforce shit on people that no one wants. And that's the reality. That's what a mob does. And until people understand that, there's no solution. And once people do understand that, then there's, it's so easy to fix. See, it's very, very easy to fix if people understood that problem. But until people understand that problem, every single road is a loser. And I've told people this again and again, whatever you can come up with, or I can come up with a supposed way to get around this problem without the, without the people understanding that basic concept, 
They've thought of it too, times a million. They've got smart people working full time, drawing huge salaries, working with the best computers with unlimited funding to work every possible scenario, to, to think up every possible scenario, to watch, to listen in on every possible new concept and to bring it up for discussion. That's their job. They do it all the time. They have entire agencies, organizations, dark agencies, nonprofits, NGOs, everywhere all over the world working on making sure they get to enslave you. The idea you're going to beat them with some stupid crap that's running out in the public. It's not realistic. If it's running the public and it's getting a lot of traction, it's controlled. That's the reason crypto is controlled. People think because crypto is becoming so valuable in all these different ways that that proves it's going to work. It's not. If that was stuff was going up because of the reasons they think, then gold and silver should be through the roof as well. But they aren't. They aren't through the roof. And you actually have to go out and physically mine those, not just plug some stupid crap into the wall and use electricity. But if this supposed scarcity and value and all these reasons they give for crypto, which all apply to the precious metals, if the reason crypto was going up was because of what they think, then you'd see gold and silver going up. But they totally and completely dominate that gold and silver market. It's 100% manipulated. And so is crypto. People don't understand that. Of course, they want people to make money with it. It's, it's got to be a good thing. They want people ultimately driven into a digital currency or single digital currency ultimately, but they will be happy with a US digital and a euro and then they'll combine the things. And that's what's coming. And all this nonsense about well, you can't. And it's blockchain and all this other crap. It doesn't matter. First of all, I don't believe for one second they can't crack blockchain. They're 50 years ahead in any computing technology than what they allow the public to believe. This idea that it's fully encrypted. That's not true. I, I don't believe that. I'm sorry. I don't believe that for one second. But even if it was, it's irrelevant. The point, the pinch point for all this stuff is you have to be able to use it. If I have what my account says $5 billion in there, what the hell can I do with it? Okay, say I go to buy real estate. Well, how? If they make it illegal. <laughs> if they make it illegal, then people won't accept it. If they make it illegal for somebody to accept Bitcoin, how much is Bitcoin going to be worth? Right. It's not going to be worth jack shit because it's illegal. And that's all they have to do. They don't have to get into your account. They don't have to do anything with it. They have to control the point where you want to use it. You have to be able to use it. If you can't use it at the store, if you, if you have to risk a criminal exchange in order for you to take it in order to do a private exchange, well, then you run into the problem Tony Montana had when he had bags full of cash and he had to pay his U.S. banker like 30 or 40% in order to launder it. What did he do? He had to fly it down to the Bahamas. He did it one time. He doesn't trust the bankers. That's the problem. When you make something illegal, you make it very easy to control because most people won't risk it. There's no way to live in society exchanging things on a criminal market. It's not going to happen. And so all these arguments about crypto, I'm happy for people to make money. Great. Make it. I hope you get it out and buy something real before they do something else with it. But the proof is in the pudding that it's fully controlled by the agencies in the fact that gold and silver don't go up. They don't go up. Right. They should be they should have increased as much as stupid Dodge coin or Bitcoin or anything else more. 
<laughs> because there's no substitute for gold and silver. You can have an unlimited number of different supposed cryptos that are each that each have a limited amount. I give people example all the time. There's all sorts of things that are limited, that, that have a limited amount. Just because something's limited doesn't make it valuable. You know, money is valuable. Gold and silver were valuable for a lot of reasons because they were limited, because they were, they were, they were something you could commoditize, you could chop them into small pieces. They were very universal. There's all these same reasons. And okay, crypto, you can do those same things, but they're just mathematical formulas. There's not actually anything there. And you can have an unlimited number of, quote, limited crypto. So what makes one crypto any more valuable than any other crypto? It, it's always back to the same thing. Gold and silver were our precious metals were valuable money for a reason, and they aren't going up in value. <laughs> they just aren't. You know what I've noticed? I, I, I have noticed that you're right. Gold and silver aren't, isn't going up. Um, no. But I have noticed that palladium is continuously going up. What do you, what do you make of that? Who knows? I mean, it's got industrial uses, right? I mean, yeah. this is the thing with all these things. They have industrial uses. You look at something like years ago, I, lo I looked at this trade. It's like, okay, gold and platinum. Well, platinum was cheaper than gold. Well, what mm -hmm. doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, there's less platinum than gold. Mm -hmm. So you think you could do it, the type of trade where you, you sell gold, you buy platinum, you should be able to make money on that, but they can keep it suppressed for so long. You look at like something as simple as silver and you look in the mines, it's found basically in a ratio of about one sixteenth. Every time you find an ounce of gold, you find 16 ounces of silver. That's roughly what it is. That's why historically silver was a approximately one sixteenth the price of gold. It wasn't an arbitrary thing. It wasn't something the central banker set. It's because when you're trying to dig it out of the damn ground, that's what it is. But silver is even more valuable than that because it's got way more industrial uses. So tons of the silver that's mined is destroyed. It's ground up. And then you have to go to India and pay people a buck a month to dig it out of computers and hard drives and crap like that where it's used everywhere. And so you look at something like that, but you look at the ratio of silver to gold prices and they don't make any damn sense right. because every single market is totally and completely distorted, controlled and manipulated. And people can't accept that. They don't understand that the world through central banking and the Bank of International Settlements and all this fake currency has been turned into one gigantic pump and dump operation where they inflate asset prices with fakery. Then they, then they restrict credit. The prices come down. They buy real assets with more of their fake money. And then they, they, they inflate them back up and they rinse and repeat all over the world over multiple year periods. They did it with the entire coal industry. See, the people can grasp that these people can manipulate markets on such a gigantic global scale, but they can't. And that's one of the main reasons why they have all these very fragile supply chains where you can't make a car unless you can get some one single part that's made in Jakarta. And guess what? They just had a unionized thing and they're having a riot there. And so the price of XYZ goes up. All you have to do is just touch this one little piece of the supply chain. The whole thing collapses. And so they have control in so many different ways that the vast majority of people have no conception of because they're completely uneducated, they're miseducated, and the jokers in media who run around as constitutional conservatives and claim to be on everyone's side, all they do is just stay within the same silly boxes instead of talking about the kinds of things that you and I are talking about here today. They take 
It would take hours and hours and hours to explain most of the, just the small things we touch on here. I just give them as an idea of how much stuff people are not being exposed to by the people they think are their friends in the conservative media who literally just run the same little narrow, you know, our team good, your team bad nonsense and pick out some stupid phrase that AOC said, and they'll spend two hours laughing at her and making calls and talking about how, oh, 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 we're going to take the country, just moronic nonsense, instead of talking about the issues that actually matter. Right. No. Well, that's been about an hour, man. And I think that is about as good a place of any to stop, man. So, okay, uh, well. <laughs> I, I, I love to listen to you. I could sit here and listen to you. I could just throw out topics and listen to you all day long, dude. Seriously. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad. I appreciate you having next, me on. Next, it's next always time I'm just gonna. Next time, I, next time I'm gonna have you on here. I'm just gonna say, okay, who was Satoshi Nakamoto? And I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, well, good. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad the show. You, Hopefully. Be sure to send me a link when you get it done because I'll send well, it out. I absolutely will. Throw out your plugs real quick before we before we jump off. Yeah, well, uh, just if people want to find me, just go to my Twitter. Um, I'm legal man at U.S. Law Review, and I got a show. I do a, a it's, yeah, I usually do two shows a week. It's called The Quash. And anyone can find it on any of the podcast players. You can come to my Twitter and find it, or you can just do a search in the pod, any podcast player you use, and it'll show up. Just, yeah, and I know like every one of you want more of this shit. So go listen to Wash, <laughs> man. <laughs> Thanks. All appreciate right, brother. Well, you have a good one, man. I really appreciate you. You want to be a hero. Said you're just a slave. All your good intentions took you to your grave. Your pride is how they killed you with the flag you wave just like a fool. They promised you a mountain, gifted you a stone. They demanded that you throw it into your neighbor's home and then seize all that they worked for. And give it to the throne just like a tool. As we all just stand in line and glorify new ways of being cool. Seems to me humanity is not something that they're teaching us in school. They dumps down all around propaganda, their pollution. They set a cage up on the stage, a facade for a solution. They build a wall, block them all from this mental institution. It's insane. Say pretty please, it's all the game. As we all just stand in line and justify these crimes done in our names. Mm -hmm.